Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. So I remember the day that everything changed. This is week two of everything kind of being able to come back here, but it wasn't that long ago, just a few months ago, that I stood at the door ready to go to work like normal and Josh was there with a sign that said, Closed. And he was sticking them on the front doors because the government had said that this place had to be shut. And it, it was a big deal for me because those doors had been open for 30 years. And all of a sudden, they weren't allowed to be anymore. And it meant that ladies were shut. It meant that the men's group was shut. It meant that house youth was shut. Who loves house youth? And it was emotional. I remember when Bronwyn arrived at work and she burst into tears because this place means a lot to her, doesn't it? And we love you too. And Charlotte, uh, no, Tamsin. Tamsin, when you rocked up, all the emotion came to the surface and you burst into tears too because it's your home, hey? And I think what came to the surface in these guys was really what we were all feeling deep down. It's like, well, this, hang on, what do we do now? Like this is, this is not right. This is not the way it's meant to be. And I remember it felt horrible. I felt uncertain. And I felt numb. And what a trial it's been. This last few months. It's been crazy. It's been such a trial. And I guess when I think about my life and the times in my life when I've grown the most, when I've been stretched the most, when I've had to think a new way about how to do things a new way, when things I was doing wasn't working and and I've grown, it's always been through trials. And so all this stuff happened and we had church in our homes and and remember, we had kind of little house youth groups and, and the ladies were catching up. And, and we, we managed to kind of get through it. And then Josh made the announcement, church is back next week. And on a level, I was like so happy. On a level, I was like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. But there was actually a part of me that thought, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Did anyone else feel that? It's like, what? It's going back next week. Um, um, how, how do I do that again? What am I going to wear? Did any of the girls think that? What the heck am I going to wear? I, I wore track pants for three months. 
and I didn't fit into my jeans. COVID was good to my waistline. So these are new. Woo! I'll lose weight next month. Who, is, uh, who else is carrying extra COVID pounds? <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. But there was a hesitancy in me, you know, like I was, there was a part of me that was like a little bit of fear going back. And um, that's kind of a big deal. That's a real worry, you know, if, if church, if this thing that is meant to bring us life, that's meant to be the hope of the world, Jesus Christ in people coming together, if that's the same thing that gives me a bit of hesitancy or, or fear, that's, that's a problem, right? I don't need to work out what's going on in me. And maybe you felt the same. So why? Why did I feel hesitant? I think partly, partly is because, you know, there were some really good aspects of what was going on in our, in our life homes. That's what we called them, wasn't it? Life homes. Who loved their life homes? How good were they? And you know what? It was so good. I didn't want that to end. I got to stand next to my daughter and my son and my wife in our lounge room with our track pants on, worshipping God together, talking about it, having people visit our home, sharing meals. What is this thing? It just keeps... Asking me to undo. If I undo, I'm going to be lost. Stop it, please. Just stay there. You know, it was so good being in our homes and being like sharing our, our houses together, sharing meals together. And I, and I didn't want to miss that. You know, that was just so special. So partly I think I was worried about that. And partly it's because... Church can sometimes be really hard work. You guys know that um, I've shared a, a number of times that I struggled with anxiety and, and most of the time I'm pretty good. I'm getting better and better all the time. The last few years has been like so good. But still, you know, big, if I'm honest, big crowds, you know, you guys freak me out, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, big crowds are like, they're a full-on thing, right? You know, I don't feel completely comfortable in a big crowd. I much prefer a small crowd and that's okay. I'm allowed to be like that. I'm a bit of an introvert. And so it was part of that. It was part about all the work to do with getting here early and setting up and packing up and it takes a big effort. And it's also just about the humanity of it, you know, in church, a big crowd like this, is, there's bound to be at least one person that's got some significant issues. They're really struggling with some aspects of their life and, and, and they're going to talk to us about it. And often I don't really know what to do about that. I don't really know how to help them other than just say I care, pray and try our best to be there. But that's, 
it's kind of tough not knowing exactly how to help and what to do. So church is complex, right? And you know what? If I've felt that, my gut level feeling is you guys feel the same. That when your friends ask you for help, you don't always know what to say and, and you don't always enjoy getting up early to set up and stay late to pack up. But we do it because it matters. And so all this stuff was going through in my mind. But as I was reflecting, I thought, I thought about this and I thought, well, you know what? If tough times can make me better, as I bring those things to Christ, as I, as I reflect, as I repent and as I, as I deal with it, if tough times can make me grow, maybe, just maybe tough times can make the church grow. Maybe us as a church can grow. Maybe we can be better. Maybe church doesn't have to be the same as it's always been. Maybe we don't just have to keep doing things. Maybe it's not just about picking up our socks and launching headlong into what we've always done, but maybe this next season is a really good opportunity to take what we've learned through the COVID-19 season and take what we have worked out, we love, from last month and the month before to next month and next year. This series is called Reimagined because... Maybe we get an opportunity right now to reimagine church, to take what we've learned and do things different. So, what have we learned? What have we learned this season? I've learned that we have some pretty amazing people here in our church community. I've learned that people have just gone above and beyond. And while some of us were struggling with significant issues of isolation, depression, disconnection, boredom, other people were suffering with those things as well, but also having to take it up a gear or two or three And I guess I'm talking about healthcare professionals. I'm talking about the nurses, the doctors, the aged care workers who just had their lives tipped upside down trying to protect the elderly folk. Police, teachers, the teachers that have been rewriting and writing different uh, modules and education uh, chapters, systems, uh, trying to work out how to do homeschooling and work out how to go back to unhomeschooling. It's been crazy for those guys. The, the childcare workers, the, the cleaners, the small business owners, the people in our community that had to go, we've never seen this before. 
and we're just going to do our best and we're going to take time and time and sleepless nights and get this stuff to happen so our community would be safe. So, I, so I've just been amazed by that. So I've learned that there's been so many people out of community that have stood up. Is there anyone here that, that actually had to do extra hours that, that was uh, maybe as a teacher or a childcare worker? Because I just want to get everyone to give you a, a massive applause. You're a teacher, aren't you, Sarah? Would you like to stand up? Is there anyone else? Yeah, we're going to give you a massive applause. Thank you, Sarah. Anyone else that, anyone else that's in early childhood or elderly care or anything like that? They're too scared now, sorry. But Sarah, people like yourself, we thank you for what you put into our community. We appreciate you. And as representative of our teachers and our principals and our, and our aged care workers, we just think that that's amazing. So thank you for that. I also want to say a big thank you to our, uh, our um, media team. We just thank you guys for all the stuff you did. What about the House Youth Media team? All the stuff they did. Beck, you were involved in that, weren't you? Yeah. And who else? Tash, who else? Let's just like put in time and time and effort over House Youth to get those groups to happen online. The whole team. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for all the media team that put together the videos. Thank you, Kate, flipping amazing. Tim, for the kids' programs. Seb, Jacob, hopefully I'm not missing anyone out. Peter, Peter, just a legend, absolute champion. So I learned that. I learned that these guys here who they put in time and effort, free of charge, Busting their gut to get Jesus out to our kids, to get Jesus out to, to our youth group and our church family. So thank you guys for that. Um, so what else have I learned over this season? I've learned that people value toilet paper a lot more than I thought. Come on, who loves a good bit of toilet paper? Not that cheap stuff. Who here's got a stash? I hope you haven't. Mitchell, he's got a couple of cupboards full of it, car park, yep, it's beautiful. I learned that, like what the heck, guys, toilet paper, why? Why toilet paper? I've learned that Australians value their elders. They put themselves second. They isolated themselves. They went without freedom for the health and well-being of our grandparents. That's why we did it, isn't it? Because, like, you know, you know the stats. We'd probably be fine if we got corona, but a lot of them wouldn't have. And we've done it to look out for our community. And I think that's pretty awesome. That's pretty special, isn't it? South Australians, come on. It's good. I also learned that I really enjoyed worshipping with my family sitting next to my wife and my kids in our, in our home and feeling that closeness and, and putting Christ as central to that. I loved that. And I learned that the church community is just a life and a hope for so many. When these doors shut, many other doors opened and, and there was food parcels going out and people uh, making meals for their next-door neighbours. And it, it was just amazing that this church community could be such a hope for so many. So maybe you've learnt that 
you needed people more than you thought you did. Or maybe you learnt that as you've hung on to Jesus, you've got through a tough time better than you thought you would. So what have you learnt? Has anyone here learnt something this year you'd like to share? As you reflect over your life the last few months, is there something you were surprised at that you thought, man, that, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that about myself. I didn't expect that about our community. What have you learnt this last few months? Seb, I can see you thinking. He's learnt that you value a good haircut. It was tough to get a haircut back then. Anyone got any thoughts? How they've grown? Consistency. Yeah, because it was tough because everything got stripped away. School was shut. School was shut uh, f- for a little bit anyway. And, and church was shut. And so you found that you needed those habits, those daily habits. Without those, it affected you and putting those back in was important. Yeah, good. Thanks, Tamsin. Anyone else want to share something that they thought, wow, that was, that was a big thing? There was way too many. I don't know that what happened there. Cross dresses. <laughs> Can someone explain the joke to me? You tell me afterwards. All right. I've always just worn pants, putting my bin out. So. Oh, wow, I didn't know about that. Okay, well, that's exciting. Yeah, great. So um, can you send a photo of yourself next time you put the bins out? Or maybe your husband. That would be great. I'd like to see that. Um, Yeah, yeah. So we've learnt some stuff, right? It's it's amazing. So I'm going to unpack... Matthew chapter 8, because I feel like uh, Matthew chapter 8 has got some good wisdom for this season, and I think it speaks directly into, into this. So here's Matthew chapter 8, starting from verse 18, I think. Yep. Jesus came down the mountain with the cheers of the crowd still ringing in his ears. When Jesus saw that a crowd, that the curious crowd was growing by the minute, he told his disciples to get him out of there to the other side of the lake. Then he got in the boat, his disciples with him. The next thing they knew is they were in a severe storm. Waves were crashing into the boat and Jesus was sound asleep. They roused him pleading, Master, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus reprimanded them. Why are you gripped with fear? Where is your faith? And rebuked the storm and said, Be still. The sea became peaceful and calm. The men rubbed their eyes astonished. What's going on here? Wind and waves obey his word? They landed in the country of the Gardenas. And where... Met 
and were met by two madmen, victims of demons coming out of the cemetery. The men had terrorised the region for so long that no one considered it safe to walk down that stretch of road anymore. Seeing Jesus, the madman screamed out, What business do you have giving us a hard time? You're the son of God. You weren't supposed to show up here yet. Off in the distance, a herd of pigs. The evil spirits begged Jesus, If you kick us out of these men, let us live in the pigs. Jesus said, Go ahead, but get out of here. Crazed, the pigs stampled over the cliff into the sea and drowned. So here's a story in uh, Matthew chapter 8. And basically what we've got here is Jesus is speaking to the crowd. And if you can read the chapter before, all the things that he was, uh, his, his sermons and what he's saying, you talked about the, the parable of the sower where, where God's word is like a seed. And he talked about building uh, your life on the rock and not the sand and, and some amazing stuff. And he was, he was laying hands on him. He was, he was causing miracles to happen. He was healing a leper. And I really encourage you to check, check out this chapter. And so these crowds are gathering around him, starting to, to press on him. And it's getting out of hand. So then he gets in a boat and a, and a storm kind of whips up, a crazy storm. They're at fear for their life and Jesus is asleep. But they wake him up and he, he says, calm down to the storm and it stops. Then he goes to the other side of the lake and and there's two men that are crazy, demonized, mental health issues. And his words set them free from the power of the enemy in their lives. So why is that relevant to us? Well, it's relevant to us because it was a storm. In a sense, I'm getting ahead of myself. First point is he left a crowd for a couple. Jesus left the crowd for a couple. You see, there was this impressive big crowd. It was, it was awesome. It was, it was amazing. There was probably some guys with musical instruments Kicking up some awesome kind of worship, probably Bethel or Hillsong. And, and he's there and he's ministering to people. People are getting healed. There may have been lights, like maybe special candles. They didn't have coloured lights like this or subwoofers. But it was probably pumping, you know, like an awesome house youth night. You know, everyone's going crazy. You know, they're dancing down the front. Jesus is kind of like a rock star coming through and just be healed, be healed, and, you know, in my name. And he's just like rocking it out. And he kind of, it's, it's kind of happening. It's pumping. And then he gets in a boat and he leaves that all behind him. In April, May and June, we left the crowd. For a couple. We had to. Jesus, he, he did that because, because it was good. Jesus did it on purpose. He left the crowd for a time to go and visit 
these guys and, and, and be where they were at. But we did it because we had to. But we left the crowd behind us. And we met people in their homes. And church was different. The crowd was gone. And we met in twos and threes and fours. Small groups. And there was praying and there was fellowship. And there was friendship and there was sharing outside of the crowd. And stuff happened there in those homes that doesn't happen in a crowd. Conversations that were more honest, that were more real. Listening to people's stories that wouldn't have happened here. And I saw some great stuff happen. Because I wasn't allowed to be here speaking to people, I'd go out and down to Sturt's Reserve and, and I'd meet, I'd get a coffee and I'd meet someone down there. And I saw so many people walking around. I saw their mums in their active wear, pushing their strollers, catching up with each other. I saw young people and I saw people that I hadn't seen before. And I said, oh, how are you going? And, and I got an opportunity to kind of start speaking to them. And I remember this one young man. I was down there catching up with another guy and, and me and Kenny were walking along having a, a cuppa and this guy came walking forward and I hadn't seen him for ages. And we said, how are you going? And he said, actually, I'm really struggling. Everything's falling apart in my life. I said, well, let's, let's talk about it. And we sat down and I got an opportunity to share and pray for him and, and invite him to my home group and that wouldn't have happened if I was here. And maybe the same thing happened with you. Conversations at people's houses, out down the park or in different environments. And so I'd see that stuff and it wasn't a crowd, but it was a community. It was a couple. And that's powerful. That's really powerful. That stuff is so powerful because, because you see a building never bought someone lunch. A sermon... Never loved anyone. And an awesome worship set never heard someone's story. Don't get me wrong, those things are great. Those things are cool. I love worship. I love the church. I love this funny old building with all the different bits that stick out that way and up and the kids shed and... I love this place, but I can't love someone. A crowd doesn't love anyone. Those things don't happen in a crowd, but they can happen in a home. Not in a crowd, but in a couple. Who's had a fresh revelation during this COVID time of how important small groups are? Has anyone found that? that? As you've been catching up in your small groups, in your homes, in your house youth groups, that you've been like, actually, 
I forgot how important this was. I have. I've been hit big time with that, with that revelation. It's reminded me that I needed that and others need it too. And now that the crowd's back, let's just not walk away from that thing that we've learned. Those things that you've learnt about how to be community, how to share a meal, how to buy someone a coffee, how to meet out in the sun, have a picnic. Let's not forget how to do that, how to meet people where they're at. Let's not get so busy that we don't have time for a few people actually being in our lives, actually out there like Jesus, in people's homes where the needs are at, because These guys that Jesus visited, they never would have come to the crowd if Jesus hadn't gone to them. They wouldn't have. And there's people in your life that aren't ever going to come in here. Not at the moment anyway. Because your neighbour doesn't need a crowd and your workmate doesn't need a building and your friend doesn't need coloured lights. They need Jesus in you. They need Jesus in you. They need the Holy Spirit in you loving them. So Jesus, he left the crowd for the couple that needed him on the shore, a mess. So he left the crowd for that couple. And we've, in a sense, done the same thing. But now that the crowd's back, let's not leave the couple for the crowd. Let's keep it going. Let's stay out there in our community. So let's not leave the crowd for the couple. Point two, Jesus' words. His words change atmospheres. Jesus' words change atmospheres. Jesus' words were life to the crowd. As he was preaching and teaching and healing, his words created hope and life. And he told them about his Father in heaven. And he told them that that he loved them. And that he had a plan. And, of course, we know now that his plan was that he was going to die for our sins. And he was going to stitch us back together on the inside. So his words were life to the crowd. But his words were peace in the storm. And he said, quiet down, storm. you got no agenda here. But his words are also freedom to the bound. When he got there on the other side, his words put the demonic in its place. And he set those guys free. In every atmosphere, Jesus' words kicked fear to the curb. His words were hope and life and freedom in every atmosphere. I don't know if you've noticed, but man, this last six months has been a six months of so much fear. Has anyone noticed the atmosphere of fear going on right now? It's just fear, fear, fear everywhere. Everyone's talking about all the things that are going wrong. I don't know if you've noticed that. Fear. It's just so loud. If you get COVID, you're going to die. It's this killed this many people. 
I'm not saying it's not important to be aware of things, but so many people just fearing this situation. So if you get COVID, you'll die. And, and then if you don't get COVID, the economy is going to collapse. You remember that, guys, you know. It's all, we're not going to make it out of this. It's not going to be jobs for 100 years. It's just fear. And if the, if the economy doesn't collapse, well, you've got to remember the Illuminati are behind it all. And the 5G towers, that's what's causing it all anyway. It's all about the government controlling everything we think. Fear. You've got to remember fear. And if, if the Illuminati don't take charge, well, well the rapture's coming. I don't know if you guys have heard that. The rapture's coming and, and you're all, you're all going to burn in hell. So remember that. Fear. Fear, fear, fear. So much fear. But you know what? I know Jesus and his words gave me peace yesterday. And they're going to give me peace tomorrow. Whether the Illuminati are taking over the world, Jesus gives me peace. If the rapture happens tomorrow, Jesus gives me peace. If I got, get COVID, Jesus is going to give me peace. Do you know what I mean? Jesus, he gives us peace. Because you know what? If I die, it's a promotion anyway. It's going to be okay. I hope I don't die, but be all right. I don't have to be worried of that. The back of the book says Jesus wins. God's got this in his hand. And yeah, we should wash our hands and hand sanitize and, and do all those things to keep you safe from COVID, but we don't need to fear. We don't need to fear. So what are we listening to? Are we listening to www.fear.com? <laughs> I like that one when I wrote that last night. <laughs> CNN, CBS or ABN? ABN's not a thing, just sounds cool. Channel 7, Channel 9, YouTube, Turn or Burn Prophetic World Watch Ministries. Or are we listening to what Jesus says? I'm not trying to bag out Christian YouTube. There's a lot of great stuff out there. But fear, that's what I'm saying. We don't have to fear. And if we're just feeding ourselves with all the doom and gloom and all that stuff, what's it, what's it really bringing to us? It's just bringing fear. But Jesus' words bring peace. I just want to encourage you guys. Get some of Jesus' words into you. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or all of them. Have a listen to what Jesus says in his hope for humanity. He knew what, what we were going to go through. He knows what they were going through back then. They were a group of people enslaved. And he brought them hope. And he died for them. And he died for us. And his words change atmospheres. So let's get some of that into us. His word. 
point three, and I'm going to finish on this. The storm. Who here has ever felt like they were in a storm? You know what it feels like to be in a storm. It's scary. The waves are coming up. The wind's blowing. This is the situation Jesus was in. There's a crowd behind him wanting really in a sense to control him, for, for him to fix all their problems. I don't know if you've ever felt like that where your friends all want something from you or, or there's people in your lives that are putting expectations on you. You don't know if you can meet. But he's got that kind of pressure on one side of the lake. And on the other side of the lake, he's got two people which are really messed up. And in the middle of the lake, there's a storm. And it looks like his boat's about to capsize. I don't know if you felt like that. People relying on you. And then the waves get higher and there's financial problems. Maybe you can't get a job in this climate. Or school's tough. Relationships are just all over the place and, and you don't know what's going on. Maybe you have a big argument with your husband and your wife or your car breaks down. Maybe there's people problems in your life. Maybe there's environmental problems, finances, car, house issues, and maybe there's spiritual issues. Maybe you're feeling attacked, bombarded, you're having negative thinking in your mind all the time where there's people in your life that are nightmares, spiritual type of issues. Who hears going through some people problems? Who is finding it a little bit hard with people in your life? Maybe your kids or your situations, friends at school. Who has got some environmental problems? It's hard to get a job. School's tough. Finances. Who here has got spiritual issues? And you find it hard to sleep at night. So Jesus is going through a storm. He's heading towards crazy. There's crowds of people hanging off every word, wanting to fix their lives. And they're waiting for him. And he's in the midst of a storm. And in all this mess, he's asleep. All this stuff's going on. And Jesus is asleep. He's asleep. Is it all right if you play the, uh, the song that we're going to do just quietly in the background as I finish up? As I was preparing for this, um, this message, as I got to this point, I, I kept on saying, God, 
What's the point? And as I said, as I was reading this, and Jesus was asleep in the boat. I said, God, what's the point? Like, what do you want me to tell the people about this? Jesus is asleep in the boat. And I could feel the Holy Spirit saying, nodding, saying, yeah, like that's, that's the point I want to make, Mark. Like, I want you to tell the people that. I'm like, but, but what, God? What about the fact that he's asleep in the boat is important and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, but Jesus, he was asleep in the boat. In the middle of a storm. When everything is going wrong and he had peace enough to sleep. You can turn the music up a bit more, Peter, if you want. And so there's this opportunity now, and I felt God say that people here, there's some people that are going through a storm and they're not sleeping very well. They don't have peace. Maybe they've got spiritual issues. Maybe they've got nightmares. Maybe they've got worries. Maybe they've got financial problems. And I just felt God say, Mark, I just want you as a church community to support them, to stretch out your hands and pray for them and just command the precious peace of Jesus Christ to be on them, that even in the midst of their storm or what they're going through right now, God could impart peace so they could sleep. It sounds like a, a basic thing, but, I, but it's powerful. It seems that sleep is always one of the first things the demonic try to attack. It's the first thing we lose when we're worrying. And I just felt God say, just pray for the blessing of sleep. So if there's anyone here that would would like that, they're thinking, yeah, you know what, I'm not really sleeping the best. I've got this issue and that issue. I just I just want to encourage you to stand to your feet in a minute when I when I say, well, we're just the people around us. Like we're the church, right? We're the church. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And it's not just a fake thing. We can stretch out our hands and just say, Father, we just impart peace. We just impart peace on you. Is that cool? Is everyone ready to do that? To their neighbours and, the, and their friends that are struggling, going through some things. So, yeah, so if you would like us to join with you and just say, God bless you. If you're finding it hard to just flip and sleep, would you like to stand up? And I just want us as a community to pray. Thanks, Walter. We'll pray for Walter, some guys at the back, Kaza. We love you, Kaza. If anyone else would like, we just just stand up. Yeah, guys, that's good. All right, let's let's stretch out our hands out. If anyone else wants to stand, obviously you can at any time. It's not a big pressure thing. We just want to support our precious brothers and sisters. And Father, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus. We just thank you for these guys and we thank you for the promise of peace. Father Jesus, he knew you. He knew your love. He knew your protection. 
He knew your word and he was able to sleep in the midst of a raging storm. And some of us are going through that right now. And Father, I just pray peace on each and every person here. God, we pray that they would sleep well. In Jesus' name, we just pray for a protection over them as they sleep, for just a beautiful sense of peace as they sleep, that they wake up well-rested, God, not just tonight, but next week and the week after, Lord, that this issues with lack of sleep would be broken in Jesus' name. And any spiritual or demonic things would come off them and stop harassing them. We pray for good dreams and not nightmares in Jesus' name. And we pray for peace, God. We pray for life. We pray for joy. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at LifeHouse. God's house, our home.